Good afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the DBPT podcast. I'm Dave Ballantyne, your host. And as always, just take the first moment of the podcast to say thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen. Uh, you guys have no idea how much I appreciate you spending your time listening to my podcast and information I put out. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I uh, took a few days off over the weekend, um, at least from social media and work stuff. Uh, so if you get the newsletter, there was no newsletter on Sunday. Um, the only social media that went out was stuff that I had scheduled in advance. Um, I just felt like I needed a break, you know. Um, Thursday afternoon, had a billion ideas bouncing around my head. Couldn't concentrate on any of them. Um, I just decided to shut it down. So I just switched off, put an ad, uh, an ad blocker on, and um, didn't even look at social media till probably Sunday afternoon. Um, and I feel great for it. It was brilliant. And I don't feel I missed a, a thing. So I think going forward, I'm going to do one of these little uh, social media fasts or detoxes or whatever the buzzword of the moment is. Um, every month just to give my brain uh, a bit of time off and, and I actually come back into this week I feel like uh, I've got a few more ideas um, my brain's had time to think things over rather than constantly being bombarded by stuff you know so um, how was your weekend? Oh, yeah. was it good? Um, hope the new restrictions aren't biting too too much. Um, we decided to um, get uh, a Sunday roast takeaway from a friend's restaurant in Edinburgh um, to help support them, um, and it was awesome. So if you're in Edinburgh and you're looking for some awesome food you can take away, um, I think they do delivery as well to some areas. Um, the place is called Decanter in Bronzefield, uh, and it's awesome. Um, anyway, what have we got for you today? Um, a couple of thoughts. One is based on an Instagram post that I put out uh, today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Um, and it, it's, it's the idea of how you go about picking a diet or nutrition strategy to help you get closer to your goals. So we'll go into that a little bit. And also an idea that I was thinking about um, after talking to clients last week, and it's the idea of what is the minimum you can do to get the biggest result? What is the smallest effort you can put in to get the biggest return on that effort? Um, I've come up with five ideas which I think uh, would give you the biggest bang for their buck in terms of how much effort you have to put in as opposed to what you get back from it um, in, in terms of health and fitness um, and body comp uh, returns. So we'll get into that too. Um, so first of all, most importantly, coffee. I just got um, um, a drip coffee maker thing. You sit it on top of your cup, put the coffee in the filter, 
pour water into the little tank above it and it drips through into your cup over the course of a few minutes um, and it's wonderful. Um, yeah, I recommend it. 15 quid off Amazon. Fantastic. Anyway, um, the, the post that I put up on Instagram was, was something that I was thinking about over the weekend. It was one of these things that, well, I wasn't working. My brain obviously is still tickling away in the back of my head. And it's the idea that, by no means is this a, a brand new original idea. I'm sure other people have, have come up with this thought, but we tend to pick diets because of either an identity that they give us. So we're thinking things like paleo or keto or Dorito, whatever, um, because there's an identity attached to them. Or we pick them because they provide very strong, very clear rules about what we can eat and when we can eat it. So we're thinking things like gluten-free, we're thinking things like vegan, we're thinking things like intermittent fasting. Now, obviously, there are times where your dietary choices are forced upon you. Uh, or not forced upon you. Yeah, maybe forced upon you if it's a medical condition, you know. You know, if you're uh, celiac, you're going to be very cautious about what foods you eat because of the reaction that they have. Um, if you have um, a strong moral uh, objection to eating meat, you're going to follow a vegan diet. And there, the, in those types of circumstances, fine, you've made a very conscious decision on how you're going to eat and why you're going to do it. But more often than not, we pick these diets, one, because of the rules and structure that they provide. And we love rules and structure because it gives us a framework to work within. It also makes it easier to stick to because if you're going to a party and someone offers you a slice of cake, but you're doing a keto diet, you're more likely to say no to the cake because it goes against your diet rules. Um, or if you're doing intermittent fasting, you're more likely to um, miss going out for breakfast with someone. If someone, you know, say you're meeting friends for breakfast, you're more likely to skip that because it doesn't fit within the timings of your intermittent fasting protocol. And that's great because, or at least on one hand it's great, because it gives you structure and rules and boundaries to work within. And that can be wonderful. The problem is, is that more often than not, there's no thought as to why we're doing these diets. We see someone at work get a great result doing keto, so we think we'll do keto to get the same result. We're on social media, we see Betty Big Buns claiming that she is vegan and that's how she has got their physique that she has. Probably isn't, but that's what she's saying at the moment because that's what drives traffic. You know a friend who's done, I don't know, intermittent fasting and they've got great results from it. And you think that if you do 
that particular protocol, you'll get that particular result. The problem with that is that we've got no idea what their circumstances are. We've got no idea generally where that person's coming from in terms of their previous body comp, what their social life is like, what their home life is like, what their food preferences are like. We're seeing it from a cause and effect perspective. They did this and got that. So if we do this, we'll get that. And it's not necessarily true because your circumstances could be completely different to what theirs are. Your goals might be completely different. Your performance uh, goals might be different. Your body comp goals might be different. And even if they're somewhat the same, there's nothing to say that you'll get exactly the same result because you don't know why they picked that particular strategy in the first place. So what ends up happening is you get lumped with a series of effectively arbitrary rules and restrictions over what you can eat, when you can eat it, um, and how you go about building meals from that one. Because you've not really given much thought to the process, the restrictions might be okay initially, but as soon as you come against a roadblock, you're probably more than likely going to go, screw the diet, I'm going to eat what I want. And when that happens, the floodgates open, there's a binge that follows of all of the foods that you weren't allowed to eat while you're on the diet. Then you feel guilty and you feel shame and you feel annoyance and whatever other negative emotions are kicking around in there because of the food choices you've made over your binge. Then you feel bad. Then you pick another random diet and then you go with that because that one will work this time because that person got the result. And because we don't have any real reason for doing these diets, the cycle just repeats. It might look slightly different each time, but the cycle repeats. Okay. So how about we go about how about we go about? How about we build our own individual nutritional guidelines based on what a lot of the research says, but also factoring in your particular circumstances, your particular needs, and your preferences, so that you build your own framework which makes decision-making around food easier. Yes, it takes a little bit more work. Yes, there might be a bit more trial and error, but ultimately you'll get a much more sustainable approach that works for you. Not for everybody, but for you, who is looking for whatever goal you're looking for. Okay, so a couple of excuse me, just word. Excuse me. Um, a couple of ideas that you might want to think about are things like building meals around protein and vegetables. Your protein source can be whatever you choose. Like if you're a vegan or vegetarian, you go for a vegan or vegetarian protein source. Um, you choose the vegetables that you like, fruit that you like, and you build your meals around those things. 
you have some sort of portion control system in place for carbs and fat servings. So my go-to is the PN method. So a cupped hand, one or two cupped hands of carbs per meal and one or two thumb-sized portions of fat per meal. It works really easily. You can eyeball it pretty quickly. Um, and it just seems to work for the vast majority of people. You might have to manipulate the sizes slightly. So you might go for one and a half instead of two. If you're not seeing the results you want, you might have to go for two and a half or three, depending on whether you're chasing um, an increase in, in, in size goal. Like if you're trying to gain weight or gain muscle, you might have to increase it slightly. But it's a good starting point for most people. You might have to think about being more mindful about food, about slowing down how quickly you eat um, so that you end the meal feeling satisfied, not stuffed and packed to the gunnels. You might um, think about um, some sort of time restriction. So maybe you just don't like breakfast. Maybe you're one of these people who wake up in the morning and you're like, not hungry. Like, I don't understand that. That wouldn't work for me. But you might be like that. You might not have that great of a desire to eat first thing in the morning. Therefore, you can incorporate some kind of intermittent fasting into your day. But you maybe say, right, I'm not going to feel, don't generally feel hungry till lunch I'm going to start eating then. You'll eat the same amount of food between, say, 12 and 8 p.m. You just do it in a shorter eating window. Okay, so you, you, it's almost like the Bruce Lee method, right? You take what is useful, you discard the rest. Okay, so you take what works for you and you build your own system to make it more flexible, make it more sustainable. And I can guarantee you, if you put the effort in to do that, you get much more sustainable approach and you get much better results in the long term. Okay, so if you've got any questions about that or you want to bounce some ideas around, send me a message. I'm always happy to, to chat these things over. Um, I promise I won't try to sell you into PT. But if you want some help, I'm always there to, to do it. Um, the second thing that I wanted to talk about was the idea of what is the smallest effort you can put in for the biggest return on that effort. Okay, we often think that when, particularly when we first get into sort of looking at our health and our fitness, that we've got to make these grand sweeping changes. But we know from a lot of research that the bigger the change and the more changes we try to do, the less likely we are to succeed with it. Starting small, small efforts that we can do repeatedly and basically make habitual are far more likely to stick and therefore you get this sort of compounding effect of a lot of small steps put together um, over a longer period of time rather than trying to attack something massive and fail on it pretty quickly. And I, it's it's kind of the Pareto principle, right? Pareto principle. The, the Italian economist guy who, who kind of realised that 80% of the country's wealth came from 20% of the population. And that has kind of spread throughout many, many fields. Um, and fat loss is no different. 80% of your results will come from 20% of your actions done really well 
consistently over time. So I've picked out five, I think, for not a great deal of effort can make a big difference to your health and fitness. The first is sleep. Like, it takes literally no effort to sleep. You just have to try and get a bit more. Um, as a rule, we're pretty bad at sacrificing sleep for TV or video games or going out or whatever. But when you start getting a little bit more sleep and you start focusing on trying to improve the quality of your sleep, you realise just how important it is um, in terms of performance, both mental and physical, in terms of health, in terms of body composition, um, and so many other areas that, you know, once you start doing it and you see the benefits, it it's much more easy to, to stick to. So simply getting an extra 30 to 60 minutes of sleep per night can make a massive difference to your health and fitness. So if you, the way I try to take the clients is, if you know that you need to be up at 6.30 in the morning, say, ideally you're going to get seven and a half to eight hours sleep. So you work back from half six in the morning to half 10, there's your eight hours, so you're aiming to be in bed asleep by half 10, so maybe you're getting into bed by about half uh, 10, quarter past, um, and your pre-bed routine might start at half nine, quarter past nine, something like that, so that you're starting to wind down, you're switching off tech, you're switching on blue light filters to make the light redder, which helps get you into a kind of sleep phase. Um, you might be having a warm shower, you might be sitting and reading for a while. Whatever it is, whatever that part of your routine is, you're kicking that off in maybe an hour or 45 minutes before bedtime. And then you're aiming to get a little bit more sleep. Um, and then just try and be consistent with it. Okay, There's nothing special about the weekends that means you have to stay up late at the weekend just because it's a Saturday night. Um, and that's not to say that you, you, you stop going out entirely. You just don't do this often and you try to stay to your morning wake-up time um, as consistently as possible you know so um, I think it's Craig Ballantyne who has a, a rule that you know he always gets up at the same time every day and for every hour he's out or up past his regular bedtime he adds 15 to 20 minutes of lying time in the morning so if you should go out and you're home a little bit later, you're an hour later in bed, um, you get up 15 minutes later. If you're out for three hours, you get an hour extra in the morning. And it doesn't completely offset that, but it helps you stay as close to your routine, wake up and sleep times as possible. Um, so that's number one, getting a bit more sleep. Number two is adding a little bit more protein into your diet. Um, now, if you listen to this, chances are you've got some kind of body comp goal in mind that you are working towards. So the difference between just getting by with their bare minimum of protein and, I guess, pushing towards whatever your goal is can mean just an extra... 40 to 50 grams of protein per day 
which isn't a lot. Like, you know, you get a protein shake for 25 grams. You put um, a slightly bigger portion of, of meat or fish with your dinner. There's another 12 grams. And, you know, a couple hundred grams of Greek yogurt. There's another 20 grams. There's your 50 grams right there. It's done. But adding a bit more protein gives your body more of the nutrients it needs for recovery and repair. It helps you feel fuller. It saves your lean mass when you're in a calorie deficit for fat loss. So more of the weight that you lose comes from fat stores and not from your lean mass. And it helps with the um, building um, of every other hormone, neurotransmitter, enzyme, and structure in your body. They're all built from the amino acids that come from protein. So adding more protein into your diet doesn't take that much effort. It takes a little bit of planning, but the benefit is massive. The third one is along the same lines. It's adding one more serving of fruit or veggies into your diet each day. Okay, so if you're getting no fruit and veg at the moment, adding one serving can make a massive difference in terms of how much nutrients you're getting in from your diet. If you're already getting three or four, adding another one helps with feelings of fullness. It helps, especially if you have a variety of fruit and veg, it helps make sure you cover all of the potential vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, and fiber types that you can um, to cover all of those bases and make sure that you're you're getting everything that your body needs um, from from your diet. Um, so again, a little bit of planning, but a massive payoff at the, at the other end. The fourth one is walking a bit more. The 10,000 steps would be lovely, but if you're nowhere near that, it might be something as simple as getting off the bus a stop early or a couple of stops early and walking the rest of the way to your destination. It might be, you know, if you're parking at the supermarket, parking at the far end of the car park and walking to the door. It could be taking the stairs instead of the lift. It could be, you know, making a commitment each morning if you're working from home rather than just having a shower downstairs, cup of coffee and breakfast, sitting down in front of the computer, you do a sort of virtual commute to work where you go out and you walk for 15 to 20 minutes around the block and come back and I guarantee you you'll be more productive if you do that than just going straight down and log into your computer and get started but again a little bit of planning but a big payoff on the other end and then finally this is one that um, makes a big difference particularly if you live in Scotland or in Northern Europe, Northern US, Canada, where you don't get a lot of direct sunlight at this time of year, is, is supplementing with vitamin D. Um, we need vitamin D uh, for a lot of functions in the body. Um, it plays a lot into immune system, immune health, uh, cognitive function, mood, uh, and all of the rest of it. Um, you can buy good supplement on Amazon, get delivered straight to your door, literally zero effort on that one. And then it's just a case of remembering to do it. And for what I do, 
is with the supplements I take in the morning, um, I put one of them next to my coffee in the morning. So when I go to eat for my coffee, the supplement is right there. I just grab that, and that is the trigger to pull the rest of them out of the, supplement, the cupboard, um, and I take them every morning. So uh, the two main ones that I take are vitamin D and creatine. Um, I think it's 2,000 IUs of, of vitamin D and, and 5 grams of creatine every day. Um, and it's just because it's there, there's a trigger of something I'm going to do already. The effort for me to do it is very low. Um, but again, the payoff at the other end is potentially uh, pretty big. So get more sleep, get more protein, get more veggies, walk a little bit more, add a vitamin D supplement. Things that take very little time and effort in the grand scheme of things. Like, I mean, if you get out for a 15 minute walk, what's 15 minutes? It's like 1% of your day. One, yeah, but 1% of your day. It's nothing. Everybody has time for a 15 minute walk each day. Um, but the potential payoff, particularly if you do that walk in the morning, that one helps with your sleep and um, because it helps set your circadian rhythm. Um, because you get like, exposure to daylight, um, protein and veggies transform your diet, um, and then vitamin D supplement. Just because we don't get direct sunlight this time of year, and if we do, we don't have often enough bare skin out to to absorb it. So, small payoffs, big results. Um, I would love to hear if you've got any other ideas on that sort of thing. Uh, what little habits and tasks you put into your day to get the biggest result. That's it for me today. Um, I will be back next Tuesday. Have an awesome afternoon. Have an awesome week and weekend when it comes. And I will chat to you soon. Take it easy. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, just a quick message to say thank you once again. And if you have any feedback for the episode or any questions on it, um, please get in touch. Also, if you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear me cover, um, I would appreciate you uh, letting me know, um, and I'll be happy to do it. Um, I would also uh, like to ask a favour, and that is, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it. Please uh, go to wherever you get your podcast, leave it a rating um, and a review if you can. Um, it helps me get the information out to a few more people and it's uh, massively appreciated. So that's all for me. Have a great day. Talk to you next time.